All right, hello everybody and welcome again to Unleash Your Strengths with Eddie Villa. It's so good to be back in here to talk to you again about how to find out what the heck it is you are good at, help you to apply it to every single thing you wanna do and do it all in a way where it feels effortless, it feels easy, and dare I say it, fun. Well, what I'm gonna talk about today is something that is excruciatingly painful for me to talk about, but I'm doing it for you. So all you got to do right now is just say, thank you, Eddie. <laughs> okay, let's talk. Let's go ahead and talk about this. So first off, I want to share with you. So uh, the title of this episode is, What Are My Strengths? And the reason why I want to ask, help you identify exactly, like right here on this podcast, I have a single goal, which is to help you group all the things you are really good at into a theme, a desire, a thing that you are going to use after this podcast, this this single episode, you're going to be able to use with everything you do. You're going to start challenging how you've been doing things. You're also going to challenge what it is that actually energizes you and what it is that, that drains you. Because the truth is, and I happen to know this, that you are neither too much nor too or not enough. You are exactly who you need to be, but we're going to focus on how, specifically how to do that. But first, I want to tell you a little story. So I, you probably don't know this, and I'm going to bet you're listening to this. You don't even know me. Or you never met me. You never even saw me on social media. never heard me tell the story. But I used to work at the happiest place on earth. Can you guess what that is? I'm going to give you a total silence. What podcast does that? Total silence. All right, was that weird? Was that uncomfortable? <laughs> I want you to think about this right now. What is the happiest place on earth? Come on, it's easy. It's Disneyland. I used to work at Disneyland, all right? I gave you that, that little quiet, that little silence to make you feel uncomfortable. Just kind of feel yourself for a moment. But Disneyland was one of my favorite places to go when I was a kid. My dad used to take me in. Uh, for those of you guys who have never been to Disneyland, by the way, I'm talking about Anaheim, California, the OG, the original Disneyland. My dad used to take me to Disneyland when I was a kid a lot. And uh, my dad wasn't around much when I was growing up, but whenever he did show up, he would do things like that. He would take me to Disneyland or SeaWorld or Marineland back in the day or Universal Studios or whatever. But when we went to Disneyland, my favorite place to go, the place that we both decided we would always go, which was in Tomorrowland, an attraction called America Sings. It was pretty cool. Basically, for those of you guys who have never been in Disneyland or been to America Sings, it's this building that spins. And inside, there would be a bunch of these like chickens and birds and stuff singing. That was pretty much it. Now, America Sings is gone. It left. And then they, uh, they tried to do some other things in that building. But what happened was eventually they opened up a, an attraction called Innoventions in Tomorrowland. Now, Innoventions is also since gone. But what I did was my first job at Disneyland was the opening crew for Interventions. For those of you that are listening to this show and you remember what it was like to be the opening crew of Interventions in Disneyland from 1998, holy cow, thank you for listening to this. You are amazing. I miss you. I, I probably remember, you probably remember me as the tall, goofy guy that worked up in the West Side. So let me, or the Upper West Side is what they were called. Let me get to my story. Basically, this was the first job that I ever had where I felt genuinely passionate about what it is I was doing. I mean, this is Disneyland, man. We were literally making magic people for people around the world that were coming and visiting. It was like, it was like the greatest place to be. I loved it. I, I, I still to this day think it was probably one of the best jobs I ever had in my life. 
But what happened to me while I was there is I started to care about what I was doing. And for those of you guys who haven't listened to my episode about fears, right, you understand what happens when you really care about what you're doing. And that's this, the fears show up, the big, nasty, ugly, hairy, you know, yellow tooth, you know, just gnarly, slobbering fears show up. But it's almost like the more you care about something, the more terrified you become of it not being what you want it to be. And that was me. It was totally me. I, my thought was, oh my gosh, here comes my, my, by the way, back then I had, I know that I had this strength called strategic, totally had the strength. But when I was then, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in a great situation here. I'm a brand new cast member in a brand new attraction with a bunch of other people that are also mostly brand new. I can make a play right now for leadership. And I had no idea how to be a leader, none. All up to that point, the only thing I'd ever seen as far as a leader is, is playing basketball. All right. I played high school, college basketball. That was it. And guess what college basketball coaches do? They just go around telling you what to do constantly. They get mean. They get nasty. They certainly don't tell you everything about why you're doing what you're doing. Maybe I didn't have great coaches, but essentially that's all I did. I learned, I took what I had seen from coaches and tried to exemplify that at Disneyland. Okay. In other words, I tried to be something that I wasn't. I tried to be a leader by constantly just telling people what to do without getting people emotionally involved, without inspiring action, without being the example. Because that's the thing about coaches, you know, coaches in basketball, especially a lot, at least my coaches were not exactly examples of great athletes. Okay. They were just, they were just basketball minded people who knew basketball, understood basketball, but were not incredibly successful athletes. And so I just assumed you didn't have to do what, you know, what you wanted other people to do. You could just be really good at telling them how to do it. And that was me. And oh my gosh, like I tried so hard. I tried harder to do this than anything else in my life up to this point was to be a leader. And so here's what I would do. I would, uh, I would try to, I try to do everything, right? So, and this is what's really crazy. I was hired to entertain guests, but what I was doing was commanding other people around me to get into positions to entertain guests. And at no point in time was I ever paid to do that. All I saw was there was a lack of leadership because it was a brand new attraction. It was very unorganized. We were just making up the rules as we go because nobody really knew what the routines were. Everything was being made up on the fly. They put us in Disneyland. They put us in a, a brand new attraction that had no SAP, right? There was no SOP or whatever they call it, standing operating procedures. There was none. We had to make it all up. And I tried to use this as an, an advantage to get to position myself. Well, I didn't realize that, like for some reason, I don't know why I didn't realize this, but I wasn't the only person doing that. Everybody was doing that. We were all doing that. And everybody was going about it their own way. Some people were like creating amazing experiences for guests so that those guests would go over to City Hall, write really good uh, reviews for those you know, people, and eventually would help them establish themselves as leadership in that building. Me? Nope. I went the other route. I just, I just went around constantly like a chicken with my head cut off playing with people, hanging out with friends and uh, hanging out with guests and whatever, doing shows and telling people what to do. It wasn't at all what I was good at 
what I was truly good at, at back then, what I was truly good at is actually what I'm really good at now, which is connecting with an individual, finding out who they are, what they're really great at, what they, and finding out what they want. And I didn't know it at that time, but that's what I was good at. And helping them move forward. See, I didn't know that I was good at that. In fact, everything that I believed about myself wasn't actually, like, wasn't true at all. Everything I believed on myself was, I'm of no value. I have to push people to get them to do things so that I can justify my power. That's what I did. I did it a lot. And no surprise that after two and a half, almost three years working there, I was never promoted once. Not once. I applied for numerous promotions. I applied for new positions. The entire time I was there, see, one thing they don't tell you about it for employees that work at Disneyland is that every day that you go there is supposed to be the most amazing day for the guests that show up that day. And guess what? You wake up the next day and you got to repeat it. <laughs> after a while, it gets a little old, okay? And after a while, it becomes so repetitive that you forget what day it is. So I started to desperately need a promotion, need a change. And the more I needed change, the more I forced myself to try and do things that weren't natural to me. The more in fear I was of losing what I had, the more I became things that were not me. See, what happens is we're in situations, and I'll talk about this in another podcast, but we're in situations where we're not comfortable with who we are, In that moment, we not only just ditch all the great things that we're good at, we actually start trying to become something that we've seen other people are good at doing. And this is the biggest tragedy, the biggest mistake that we could all all achieve, all all commit, which is try to do things in a way that is so untrue to who we are. Sometimes people will say or think things like, well, I don't, it's not supposed to be easy, is it? Isn't it supposed to be hard? Or isn't this supposed to be, you know, you know, forced hard work? Aren't I supposed to be consistent? Well, I'm trying to tell you right now that no, you don't. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to be anything but you. But in order to be able to be you, you got to know what that is at a level where you can write it down and even articulate it to another person. This is what I'm good at. This is how I like doing things. If you hire me or you pay me or you, whatever, work with me, this is what you're going to get. And feeling absolutely certain in that spot, in that foundation that you're standing in when you're telling another person what you're amazing at. If you get so good at articulating that for yourself, you're going to make it very easy for other people to articulate who they are for you so that you can get in more efficient relationships, more efficient business practices, more efficient ways of doing everything in your life, not just your business and and relationships, but also your health, and even in the routines that you use every single day to build yourself up. Huge difference. And that comes from this understandingly, this, this tiny little difference. It's knowing who you are, knowing what you're good at, and I don't mean, are you good at paperwork? I'm just talking about you knowing what your strengths are when it comes to interacting with other people, especially when you need to get things done quickly and being able to articulate that to another person. That's what I want to talk about today. That's the little lesson you're going to get really quickly in just a couple of minutes from me. But let me just explain, go back to my story, is that I walked away from my Disneyland career without ever being promoted once. Everyone in that building that I worked at knew how desperate I was 
to get a change. And when I didn't get what I wanted, like a child, I revolted. I rebelled constantly. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but those that work at Disneyland work at a union. And so I'm, I hope I'm not getting in trouble by telling that, but I think everybody knows this by now. But basically the deal is that, that it's, a, it's very easy for an employee to rebel without getting fired. And I did it a lot, mostly because I didn't know who I was. And so I certainly never spent any time or put no, put no energy whatsoever in trying to really understand who they were, the people that were looking for, for new leadership. Because the truth is that they weren't finding it in me because I didn't find it in me. I didn't even know who I was. All they saw was a guy who was desperate to move up and didn't know why. All they saw was a guy who was desperate to move up and they didn't know who I, what I was good at and how to use it. So no surprise that they didn't promote me. It wasn't until later on in my life that I learned, I started to learn what I was good at. At the last company I worked at before I was fired is I worked there for seven years and was promoted five times. I recognized that there was no difference between me then and, the, and before when I was working at Disneyland. The difference was only simply this, was being aware of what I'm good at and using it a lot. So what I want you to think about right now is that uh, I'm going to talk about uh, something really quick, this assessment that I want you to take. And if you haven't already heard me talk about it, it's this, it's the Gallup Strengths. Uh, it's not Gallup Strengths, sorry. It's gallupstrengthscenter.com. And you want to find out this assessment called the Clifton Strengths Assessment. It was started by a guy named Don Clifton. And Don Clifton, roughly around 26, roughly 30 years ago, uh, at the time of this recording, this is 2019, he wanted to create an assessment to help people establish what their strengths were because he believed that the education system and the, and the employment system at the time was flawed because it was constantly focusing on developing weaknesses to be more, quote unquote, well-balanced. You can't see me. I'm doing quotation marks. But well-balanced, which is nonsense. And that's what we're learning right now. There's so many studies done that show that that's nonsense. And when you take this assessment, you're going to find out what your top 30, what your 34 strengths are. Okay. Your full 34, your top 10 is the most important strengths that you want to apply to everything. Your bottom five strengths, the ones down on the bottom, those are the ones where you typically flow to when you think there's something wrong with who you are. Like you're not enough or you're too much. And what happens is when you float to those strengths and you try to do things that way, in other words, ways that are not really who you authentically are, then you feel a drain on your body, your energy goes away, and everybody around you really can't stand you because of it. It's a really weird thing. Like if I tried to be one of my low strengths, which is like harmony, right, and deliberative. Harmony is, the strength of harmony is uh, being able to uh, get consensus and agreement with people consistently to avoid conflict. So that's my number 34. Whenever I'm in situations where I try to avoid conflict, it's awful, it's ugly, and I, I'm not fun to be around. Uh, there's another strength I have in my bottom, which is number 33, which is deliberative, which is basically the kind of person who takes very serious and deep care before making any decisions. Also not me. <laughs> I do so much better when I just have an idea and I go to work. It's one of my, my strengths that I just love the most, which is called activator. I get an idea and I influence other people to move forward quickly. And it's a very impatient strength. But basically, the thing that I'm going to help you out with right now is that they've taken, they've taken these 34 strengths and they've grouped them into four what they call domains. And these domains are built up, are, are described as this strategic thinking, right? Which is basically how you think and how you process information or create with your mind. 
Then there's executing, which is how you get things done. All right. It has nothing to do with fast or slow, just how. Then there's relationship building and how you connect with other people. And then there's influencing, which is how you get other people to move forward and get things done, right? How you get other people to execute. And so what I want you to do right now is think about which one of these four domains is your most dominant desire. See, Don Clifton, when he created this assessment, which I want you to take, if you haven't done it yet, take it now. The link to it is in the show notes of this podcast. But what he believed was that we develop talents and strengths based on desires. So when I look at your strengths report, I'm looking at what you desire as well as what you're good at. So when you look at your strengths report, you can actually see, you can actually identify right now. You can see what it is that's most important to you. And then of course, how to use it to go forward. That's what I do. I've got a private group that I want you to look up. If you go to, uh, if you go to my website, which is eddiepvia.com, you can find it on, on my webpage where you'll be able to see information about my private group. It opens and closes occasionally because every time I open it, I, I let in a bunch of people. And when, they, when I close it, my job is to coach and train them on how to identify and use their strengths to get what they want in their business. So if you go to my website, you'll be able to see if it's open or not. And if it's closed, you can get on the wait list and get the next notification. But essentially what it is, is that the people in my group, they work with me privately so I can teach them how to use these strengths. But for you right here on this podcast, I'm going to do this part for free. If you haven't taken the assessment yet, ask yourself of those four domains, which one of those is the most important to you? Is it connecting with people regardless of whether or not they move forward? Is it influencing people regardless of whether or not you connect with them personally, right? Getting people to move forward. Is it strategic thinking? Do you love to think or analyze or create out of thin air, right? Or is it executing? You straight up, you love to see that things are getting done. You love to make lists. You wake up every morning and you feel like the score is zero. So you, when you feel like the score is zero, you make a list for the day because each one of those things that you're going to accomplish is like a point. And at the end of the day, it's like, how many points can I get? Sometimes you probably even put things on your list that you've already done. Why? So you can cross it off and give yourself a point, right? Nothing I do will go unmeasured, unnoticed. And so if you're executing if you have that desire, then everything you do must have that, must honor that. And so here's the last part before I wrap up this podcast is on, like, I want you to be able to make a statement right here. This is the statement I want you to make. I love, okay, love. That means high energy. That means passion. That means, this, that means excitement. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but when you're doing things in your, in your highest energy, in your highest passion, you're actually fueling your body to heal itself. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. There's, uh, there's so many uh, great, amazing things about the body when it comes to its connection to the mind. Uh, a great book to read is to look at uh, The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. This is an amazing book. I love it. I've read it. I'm going to read it again. It's such a powerful book. But basically what you learn is that how your thoughts affect your emotions and how your emotions literally program the cells in your body. And so if you have health issues or you have, uh, you know, toxicity, or if you have chronic illness and chronic pain, just by doing things in your passion, doing things that you love, after you've identified what they are, your body can actually heal. I've seen it in my own life. My grandfather, my brother, my dad, all three of them, all three of them died before the age of 55 due to heart disease, heart attacks, strokes. My dad had two strokes before he eventually had a heart attack and passed away. The last five years of his life was in a bed. 
My brother died of a heart attack. And the reason that the thing that killed him was not his heart. It was because his body went too long without oxygen after he had a heart attack. His brain died. I'm going to tell you something right now. I've always had high blood pressure in my life. I, even when I was a college athlete, I had to take, I remember one time I had to take a week off because my blood pressure was too high. Even though I was running up and down stadiums, I was fully fit. But what I wasn't was internally passionate. I wasn't internally healthy. My body physically was healthy, but I wasn't internally. It was very miserable. I, was, I hated my life. I didn't like what I was doing. And so my body reacted. And when I started changing my body, when I started che- not changing my body, I started changing my thoughts, started feeding my mind things like what I'm trying to do with this podcast. My body started to heal. I started meditating. I started exercising differently. I started eating healthier, right? Getting rid of sugar and so on. And when I started doing all those things, it wasn't long before I, you know, I, I went like six years without taking my high blood pressure medication. And I go to the doctor, they check my blood pressure, it's 122 over 80. And I hadn't been on my medication for six years. I'd only been using some essential oils and some other things to help my body just heal. So I'm telling you right now, this podcast right here is huge because what I'm trying to do is help you do things with this statement. I love to do everything in a way that honors my desire too, and then insert that desire. Build relationships, see that things are getting done, you know, strategically think, create, analyze, or build relationships and connect with people, right? Influence, execute, strategically think, build relationships. I love doing everything in my life in a way that honors my desire to do those things. I want you to do those, start doing those things right now. Okay, so thank you guys so much for listening. Here's what I want you to do. Subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with somebody that you know this will benefit. Go to my website. Get on the waiting list for my private group. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you on the next episode. This episode is brought to you by LaunchPod Media.